0: We're all familiar with fictitious, scary stories. Sometimes, however, the truth can be much, much stranger than fiction, and often much more horrific. Here are real-life horror stories that we are sure will keep you up tonight. As always, hit the lights, sit back, and enjoy. Eta Super This is another that is rooted more in folklore, but there are some kernels of truth to it. Across Scandinavia, particularly in Iceland, Sweden and Norway, there are many natural precipices that jut out from the rocky landscape, which face directly onto the land below, which can often be just as jagged and rocky as the cliff face next to it. In prehistoric times, when the tales of rituals and old gods were whispered across the land, these cliffs, known as Atastupa, were according to sources from the time, the sites of some of the most upsetting and gruesome scenes history has shown us yet. Procopius of Caesarea, a Greek scholar, first documented the practice when writing about the Heruli, an early Germanic tribe who originated in Scandinavia. And there are many references to it throughout the religion's folklore. When elderly members of the tribe reached a certain age, they would be ritually taken up to the side of the cliff. When they reached the top, they would jump shattering their bodies on the rocks and earth below. This practice may have had roots in social or religious areas, and has lived on in the folklore of these countries for generations. Hotel Del Santo Once a popular tourist attraction in Bogota, Colombia, the Hotel Del Santo has a dark and creepy backstory. Built in 1923 with beautiful French architecture, the hotel was initially a mansion for Carlos Arturio Tapias, an architect himself. If the building itself wasn't amazing enough to look at, it overlooks the majestic Tequindama Falls and is built on a huge cliff overlooking the surrounding rainforest. In the early 1990s, however, the hotel was shut down due to an issue with contaminated river water and has been abandoned since. The hotel's creepy history is rooted in native Colombian folklore. The hotel is allegedly built on a popular suicide hotspot, specifically for the native Muisca people, who would often jump from to Queen Dama Falls to escape being captured and tortured by the invading Spanish in their initial South American conquests, which saw them overthrow the Aztecs and Incas. As a result, several strange occurrences have been reported to those visiting the hotel's grounds, including figures that have been spotted wandering the halls and grounds, and voices whispering in what people claim to be the language of the Muisca people. Loud piercing cries have been heard from inside the rooms of the hotel, and at one point, a woman was allegedly murdered there by a guest, disturbed by the things that he had witnessed in the hotel. People have claimed to have seen a woman matching her description wandering the grounds as well. The Deadly Phone Number In 2010, Mobitel, a mobile phone company in Bulgaria, suspended the phone number 0888-888-888 from customer use due to several strange happenings surrounding mobile users who previously owned it. Vladimir Groshnov was the first to own a phone with this number, who passed away from cancer in 2001, not long after using the number. Following this, the number was passed on to a member of the Bulgarian mafia. In 2003, shortly after switching to the number, he was killed by an assassin while eating at a restaurant in the Netherlands. The next person to own the number was a corrupt estate agent who had been privately selling huge amounts of cocaine in a secret trafficking organisation he had set up. He was also assassinated outside an Indian restaurant in 2005. Ma have now allegedly stopped using this number permanently, and when the number is called, the caller hears a message stating that the number is outside of network coverage. It's most likely a strange coincidence, but a creepy one nonetheless. Rainbow Valley For those who succeed climbing Mount Everest is an amazing achievement and one that they can look back on for the rest of their lives. A little over 5,000 people have managed to reach the summit and safely get back down again, but for others it's not that simple. Rainbow Valley is an area of Mount Everest located at 80,000 meters in altitude on the peak's northern ridge. Climbers who pass this section of the mountain will be met with the grisly sight of numerous dead climbers who have been unsuccessful in scaling this part of the mountain giving the area its name from their brightly coloured jackets, oxygen supplies and climbing equipment. It is the point on the mountain where the most climbers have perished, and due to the location and nature of the region where they died, some of the bodies are impossible to reach or remove, and are left where they fell. These climbers are likely to have been killed by running out of oxygen, falling or harsh weather. A grisly sight for anyone trying to reach the summit of Mount Everest The Dancing Disease of 1518 Another historical horror story from what is now modern-day France. In 1518, a very peculiar plague struck the city of Strasbourg, which at that time was part of the Holy Roman Empire. It started when one woman named Mrs. Trophia began uncontrollably dancing in the streets in the July of 1518. She perished, only stopping when exhaustion took over, and she collapsed from sheer tiredness continuing even when she injured herself. In the first week of this bizarre occurrence, 30 more people joined her, exhibiting the same symptoms. For some strange reason, the civic and church leaders of Strasbourg decided it would be a good idea to encourage the dancing in order to stop it. As such, they arranged for dancing halls to be set up in the town centre, with musicians and professional dancers joining the afflicted from out of town. This only made things worse, And, by the mysterious abrupt end of the plague in the September of that same year, 400 people had been affected, some of which passed away from their injuries. Although explanations from the time listed demonic possession as the most likely cause, it is now thought that the fungal infection known as ergot, passed on from eating contaminated bread, caused the outbreak. It surely was a strange moment in history. The knock. The idea of being in space is likely mind-boggling to anyone who hasn't been there, but it seems there are moments in space that even the trained astronauts find tricky to comprehend. Yang Lui was China's first man in space, who first went up there in 2003, alone in a spacecraft all to himself. As he was up there at work inside the craft, he heard what he described as somebody knocking on the side of the craft. Looking out of the porthole closest to where he heard the knock, he could not see anything that may have caused it. It's certainly a terrifying thought, but the explanation may be rooted in familiar science. Theories have ranged from part of the craft contracting or expanding, to some form of space debris hitting the side of the craft. It's highly unlikely that some otherworldly being was responsible for the knocking, but it definitely piques the imagination, and I'm sure it was pretty creepy for Yang. The Champwat Tiger We spoke about the beast of Javordan earlier in this video, but here is a story of an animal much more familiar. The Champwat Tiger was a single female Bengal tiger who, towards the end of the 19th century in Nepal and India, was responsible for an estimated 436 human deaths. Every one of the tiger's victims were killed in broad daylight, and she managed to evade the hunters that were first sent out to kill her. When the hunters failed, soldiers organised a huge patrol to send the tiger away from the area, which proved successful. But then the deaths continued in other areas. The tiger proved to be exceptionally intelligent. She would adapt her hunting style to specifically hunt human beings, covering huge stretches of land during the night and attacking in the day. It wasn't until 1907 until the tiger was finally killed by Jim Corbett, a British hunter. He stalked the tiger for two days. Almost becoming prey himself before the tiger was finally shot, something which took two guns to do so. Major Henry Rathbone. It's possible that you haven't heard of Henry Rathbone before, but he was an indirect second victim of one of the biggest tragedies in US history, the Lincoln assassination. Henry was a US Army major, and the night Lincoln was shot in the Ford Theatre he was accompanying him with his partner, Clara Harris. It was Henry who attempted to apprehend John Wilkes Booth after he fired and was stamped in the arm as a result after suffering several wounds. Henry and Clara soon married and had three children, but Henry was an unfortunate victim of severe survivor's guilt and could never get over that night in the theatre with Lincoln and Booth. Henry couldn't forgive himself for not being able to stop the assassination and descended deep into mental illness as a result suffering torturous hallucinations. The family eventually moved to Germany, and on the Christmas Eve of 1883, a delirious Henry became violent with his family before hurting himself in the process. He shot Clara, killing her, and stabbed himself several times with a sharp knife, eerily recreating that fateful night. Henry was sent to an asylum where he spent the remainder of his life, passing away in 1911. He was subsequently buried in Germany, his body next to Clara's. The Lady of the Dunes In the July of 1974, a twelve-year-old girl and her dog stumbled across the remains of a woman, estimated to have died two weeks prior, in the Race Point Dunes of Provincetown, Massachusetts. The body showed no signs of a struggle, and she was lying on her back, a pair of jeans under her head, indicating that she may have been asleep when she died. The head was almost removed from the body, and she had suffered a deep head wound caused by a shovel-like entrenching tool. The victim was missing several teeth, both hands and one forearm. Police initially searched through thousands of missing person cases for the woman, but there was no match, and over the years, many facial reconstructions have been developed to try and identify her. To this day, it is unknown who she actually is. We do know, however, who committed the crime. Hayden Clark admitted to the atrocity, but has refused to tell the police anything about who the deceased woman was, on the account of him being poorly treated in the investigation. Jen Sakine and Hiroko Kazama This is a terrifying story from Japan, about two dog breeders turned murderers. Jen Sakine and Hiroko Kazama, from the town of Chichibu were highly reputable in their trade, but were also known to be shady, with their business laced with crimes such as stealing, fraud, and associations with the Yakuza. Things took an even darker turn after one particular sale. Sakine was evidently adept at swindling money, but was bad with spending it, which resulted in tricky financial times for the couple in the early 90s. Two breeding dogs were sold to the company director of an industrial waste disposal company by Sakine in 1993, for 11 million yen. This sale was a scam. The female dog was too old to breed, and was worth 100 times less than the selling price. When the customer demanded a refund, Sakine and his wife came to the conclusion that due to their poor financial situation, they were unable to pay it back. So what did they do? They killed him. He was in fact the first of four victims of these heinous crimes, where a similar series of events would take place. The victims mysteriously disappeared, killed by the couple, before being transported to the nearby mountains to be finally chopped up into unrecognizable pieces. What couldn't be chopped was burned in an oil drum. The couple were, in 1995, eventually brought to justice, when the disappearances were linked and investigated by the police. The evidence pointed to Sakine and Kazama, who were both sentenced to death. Sixteen years after the sentence was passed out, Sakai died from illness, but Kazama remains on death row to this date. Zana This is another tragic story, which this time takes place in 19th century Abkhazia, on the border between Russia and Georgia. One cold evening in the misty woodlands of the region, hunters have captured an individual who, from sources at the time, was described as being half woman, half animal. The individual was brought to the estate of the local nobleman, Edig Janaba, who named the wild woman Zana. Zana lived with Janaba until her death, and over time grew accustomed to life on his estate. As she warmed to her captors, she was treated more and more like a person and less like an animal, allowed to walk freely amongst the people of the estate. Zana was unlike anything these people had seen before, however. She never once spoke, preferring to communicate in a series of grunts, howls, and shouts. She refused all clothing that was offered to her, and her two-metre-tall body was covered in a thick layer of hair, leading many to brand Zana as a yeti or similar cryptid. She also allegedly possessed extreme strength and great athleticism. She was supposedly able to lift a 50-kilogram sack above her head with ease and outrun a racehorse. When Zana died, she was buried in Genova's family cemetery, the location of which is not known. Zana did, however, give birth to at least two sons and two daughters from different fathers on Janaba's estate throughout her life. One of these sons, a man named Quit, had his grave identified and studied in 1971, and in 2013, his remains were sent off to Professor Brian Sykes at the University of Oxford. Sykes, an expert of genetics, was able to reveal Zana's tragic backstory. Zana's ancestry, based on Sykes' studies, proved to be 100% of sub-Saharan African origins. A possible explanation for the story is that Zana was captured as a slave in Africa, managed to escape in the Abkhazia region, and spent a long time wandering the wilds and sustaining herself in the wilderness before Janaba's men captured her. This is surely one of history's strangest and saddest tales. The eruption of Lake Nyos Lake Nyos, located in northwestern Cameroon, is a large deep crater lake, which sits on the side of an inactive volcano. Underneath the lake lies a big pool of magma, which causes carbon dioxide to seep into the lake water, converting it into carbonic acid. Tragedy struck in 1986 when the lake erupted, launching over one cubic kilometer of gas into the surrounding air. Firstly, the lake's water level dropped by about a metre after the gas was released, and trees from the surrounding forests were knocked down. A 100 metre tall column of water and foam built up, causing a 25 metre wave that crashed against the lake shore. The invisible cloud of gas travelled between 20 and 50 kilometres per hour down the valley and into the surrounding villages, where the carbon dioxide suffocated any living being it came into contact with. This resulted in the tragic deaths of 1,746 people and around 3,500 livestock. A further 4,000 people managed to escape the gas, but many of them suffered dangerous respiratory conditions in the aftermath of the silent, deadly disaster. The Truth Behind Frankenstein Most people are familiar with the story of Frankenstein, written by Mary Shelley in 1818 the tale of a scientist who brings a human-like creature to life from the remains of the dead. Shelley is renowned for writing one of the most famous works of fiction in human history, but just how much of it is really fiction? It turns out that Shelley might have been inspired by her own work a little too much. Shelley owned a pet dog, Richard, a dog that she performed grisly experiments on, similar to the ones performed by Dr. Frankenstein in the book. Writing in the Journal of Transplantation in 1821, Shelley describes in her own words what she did. Using a general anesthetic to knock Richard out, she surgically removed all four of his legs, replacing the front ones with those of a cat and the hind ones with those from a young Shetland pony. She then passed shock waves through the limbs, which she spent hours attaching, and waited for Richard to wake up. He was alive, surprisingly. He also had problems walking, unsurprisingly. Richard spent the following months in a shack at the back of her house, where she would only take him out at night. He eventually escaped, allegedly running away to a house inhabited by a human man, who had been the victim of similar experiments involving a dog, a prawn and an octopus. But you can believe as much of that as you want. Plague Riots When the plague struck Moscow in the 1770s, all hell broke loose. The terrified citizens, furious that the authorities had imposed forced quarantines before destroying their contaminated properties, caused a great deal of unrest amongst the Russian people. The first riots took place when a huge mob of the infected broke into the Kremlin, destroying the Chodov Monastery, home of the Archbishop. The Archbishop managed to flee to a neighboring monastery, Donskoy, but citizens soon managed to capture that one too, killing the bishop in the process. Several of the quarantine zones keeping the infected in were destroyed, and the mob marched once again to the Kremlin in the following days, where the Russian military was waiting for them. The military opened fire on the rebels after they issued their demands of surrendering the lieutenant overseeing the quarantine process, and the mob was dispersed. Once the rebellion was put down, 165 adults were brought to trial and the authorities executed the four individuals who had started the riots, as well as, strangely, the church bell that the rebels used to start their alarm. The bell was partially dismantled and left silent in the church tower for over three decades. It now resides in the Kremlin's armory museum. They're on the moon watching us. Finishing off with another creepy space story, this one surrounds the first American moon landing and astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, the first and second men on the moon. The initial moon landing had been the subject of many strange conspiracy theories in its time, many of which we've covered on Destination Declassified, but this one might be the strangest. Allegedly, in a confidential message to NASA he recorded following the landing, Neil Armstrong is supposed to have spoken these strange words, These babies were huge, sir, enormous. Oh God, you wouldn't believe it. I'm telling you, there are other spacecrafts out here, lined up on the far side of the crater's edge. They're on the moon watching us. Now, believe as much of that as you will, but it's certainly an unsettling message if it's true. Buzz Aldrin also claimed to have seen a light moving alongside the craft whilst on this mission. What do you think took place up there? So that's it for this video. We hope you enjoyed, and remember, for all of our escapism enthusiasts, don't forget to download Fishing Clash on your mobile device in the description below. Thanks for watching, and as always, we'll see you in the next video.